Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Welcome back to the Brunch and Slate podcast. I'm your host, Amira Sane, and this week we have joining us Miss Lynette Rendell, executive business consultant, author, speaker, mother, and so much more. I cannot wait to dive in and you guys learn from her wisdom and her background because she's definitely one to watch and one to know. Hello, Lynette. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Amara. I'm so happy to be here and uh, thrilled to spend some time with you and your audience. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. So the book I kind of mentioned in the opening uh, that Lynette wrote is called The Art of Keeping Good Company. And I thought when I read this book, this was a great addition to the Brunch of Slate podcast because lately we've talked a lot about relationships and the role that they play in our lives and just how to build upon them when to dismiss them, so many things. And I think this is such a key to success. This, and you can hear me talk about meditation and getting quiet and all these different aspects. But I truly believe the company you keep is what gets you where you want to go. What do they say? You are the five people you spend the most time with. I think it's something, I know I'm probably misquoting that, but exactly. you get the gist. <laughs> Well, actually, my mother used to say to me every night, you know, honey, if you play with dogs, you get fleas. So, well, yeah, so true. So true. (laughs) So true. Even when you just literally pet them, you know, but if you're laying around them all the time, eventually you're going to get bitten. Exactly. (laughs) So, Lynette, I mean, you have a couple of businesses. Basically, you have this empire and you have all this background in the executive field and working as a consultant and running these companies. Um, I know I won't do it any any justice if I try to tell people a little bit about your background. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell folks a little bit about you so they can learn to love you the way I do. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thanks. Well, actually, um, you know, I... I uh, I was in uh, corporate America for um, a long, long time. I actually worked in the space of direct selling. I used to peddle baskets in the olden days. I worked for a basket company in Ohio, and and that industry is the Mary Kay's, the Tupperwares, now the beauty counters, and the you know all these new up and coming direct to consumer businesses. And that's really the space that I sat in for many, many years. And uh, recently, I was then a president of a multi million dollar cosmetic company. Um, And then really just felt like it was time. I had so many things that were kind of on my bucket list that I just didn't want to keep moving forward that and and not take the opportunity to leverage them. And most importantly, I felt like at that place in my career, I had kind of done all that I could possibly do. But more importantly, I really at that point wasn't living my authentic self. There was just so many things that I knew I wanted to do and I knew now was the time. So I did write a book, The Art of Keeping Good Company. And again, we'll talk about that. And uh, I started speaking and I had, you know, spoken uh, to many, many women and men throughout my career. So I was comfortable with it. And 
the best part was that I had to adjust them to speaking to an audience that was really about me and about something that I was passionate about. So that was, you know, a little bit of a, a shift in, in uh, you know, sharing with audiences. And then I always truly loved making this candy. I was introduced to this candy about 25 years ago and I started making this toffee and, you know, and, and then it just kind of, you know, it moved forward. I love doing corporate gift giving on and on and on. So I'm really happy that at this point, um, as much as it feels different to not have a title, if you will, because sometimes we judge people and we invite people based on a title. I really remember right after leaving my corporate job, someone asked me what I did and I, I paused. I didn't know what to say, you know, because for so many years I was the president or the VP, but I always worked for another company. So anyway, I'm here today and I'm, I'm thrilled about my journey and, and I can honestly tell you, I know to this point, I haven't lived my best self yet. So I just know there's so much more in me and I can't wait to share that with so many other women. Oh yeah. And I have to piggyback on what you said about the title. I, I think, oh my gosh, that is one of the things that I hate about when I go into a room and meet new people. The first thing someone says is, what do you do? Um, I, I just wonder, like, sometimes can you just get to know or be attracted to an energy? And that's not to say that that isn't a huge part of who we are, because obviously when you, especially as an entrepreneur, when you are taking an idea and you are creating a business in a way of uh, to make a living off of it, it consumes you. But I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you feel discounted because someone may walk away when they hear that you are um, an entrepreneur, especially now because it's so on trend, you know, <laughs> uh, to be an entrepreneur. But I do understand what you're saying about the, the title. I remember someone saying who came to one of our events, you know, I told them I was a mom and nobody walked away um, because a lot of times people tend to say, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. Okay, you can't do anything for me. Right. But that's not really what it's about. You don't know where people are going right. or, or who they know or how they can connect you. I, I, yeah. So is that how you started I, to think of the company you keep and, and, and kind of started focusing on that? No, is by, no, yeah, I was actually right? raised with that, but I want to, I want to mention something to this title thing. You know, when I'm in a room and I've done this my entire life, I never ask another woman what they do. I always ask them, Hey, could you share with me what you're really passionate about? And that's just always my first question, you know, and it, and then you really then immediately build this incredible relationship and it's outside of, because a lot of, a lot of us like me worked for, you know, corporations. And although I was a president and obviously that comes with some, Hey, I want to know her because to your point, she can do something for me. It was the women that wanted to know more about what I was passionate about that I gravitated to. And mm -hmm. those are the women that I would freely want to give and, and, and in return get. But back to you. So I just wanted to digress on that for a moment. Oh, no, no. I, and I'm sorry, but I hear you. Now I'm thinking, I mean, I think a lot of times as women, we want to be heard. Not just women, people. We want to be heard. Exactly. And that goes back to give, give before you ask. And everybody wants their time to shine. Everybody wants um, to make sure that you get them, if that makes sense. Exactly. And, and yeah. I mean, we all, you're right. I mean, I think it's really why I felt like the book was important, but I had that book in my pocket from the time I was probably 10 years old. I was raised by um, an incredible, brilliant, bright woman who had me at 16 years old. And my mother had five children by the time she was 23. And, and quite frankly, we were poor. I never knew that, but we were. My mother gave us incredible gifts. And the biggest gift she gave to the five of us was that each and every night, no matter where we were or what we were doing, we had to be joined at that dinner table. 
And for years, we would sit at that table and my mother would say to us, you know, you are the company you keep. You know, if you hang out with those bad people, people will associate you with those bad people. I mean, she would give us these incredible, you know, common sense kind of messages that you just knew. And we were told to look around the table and to trust one another and to look left and right and to know that we were there for one another. I'm the oldest of five. I have three brothers and a sister. And my mother did die quite young, but the gift that she gave us is lifelong for all of us. And we in return have taught our children the same. I have a son who's now 35, quite an entrepreneur. But I say to him all the time, you know, Adam, you should pay attention, you know, look around. And if it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. And I think it's just something that just, I, I got to that place in my career and I knew that I was, I mean, I knew when I wasn't keeping company. I knew when it was a bad boyfriend. I knew when it was a bad company. I knew it was a girlfriend that was sucking the life out of me and I just had no more to give. So I knew it. It was only later in life that I had taken her life lessons and then truly applied it to today to say, I'm empowered. I can empower myself to move people away from my table or pull people to my table. And that's really at that point um, about three years ago when I said, and I had left corporate America, I'm going to write my book. And I wrote the book in a way that was just this little, small, tiny book with incredible messages that really, truly, you know, allowed me to be the, the woman that I am today, but more importantly, the mother, the friend, the, you know, the, uh, you know, whatever that role is that I play, I'm better at it because now I truly live that art and I believe it's an art and you have to practice day in and day out. And it's not an easy art, but once you master it, it's amazing the abundance that will come your way. Oh yeah. I, I think it's important and I love that you use the analogy of sitting at the table because a lot of times right now I hear people say, you know, there's room for everyone. There's a seat at the table. Um, yes, there's room for everyone, but maybe not everyone at your table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's okay, too. I, I love the size of the book. I love, I, I'm glad you talked about it being a pocket size. This is one of those books I think that you can throw in your purse. You can read it um, at your kid's practice. You can read it at, you know, while you're waiting in the carpool on before they release from school. I like to give people ideas of where to take books so that when they hear us speaking about it they know you know if it fits them I I really like the book because you definitely use real world examples and it's all things we can relate to and sometimes we need to be reminded of those basics like it's the company you keep or there's room at the table or there's definitely something we can learn and we have to be strategic with that because like you talked about your mother passing at a young age time we don't know how long we have here and that's the beautiful thing about this journey Uh, so we have to make a conscious effort to be present in those moments and make the best of the moments that we have here. And when I think about it that way, it makes it much easier for me to dismiss someone from my table. Exactly. And I think there's this saying, you know, it's don't be afraid to let go of what you outgrow. And I knew I outgrew corporate America, you know, in a sense that I wanted to do something different. You know, I wouldn't want to say today, I'll never, ever step back into corporate America, but I know if I did, it would be on my terms and around the right people and the right product and the right cause 
flaws, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not afraid to let go of what I've outgrown. If it's a city, if it's a relationship, whatever that is, I, I know that by doing that, I free up space for more people than to join me. I think, you know, what one thing that I really want to, you know, kind of make sure that we discuss is when we talk about this topic of keeping good company and sitting with the right people, I, I really believe, and I and I and I know this to be true, unless you're clear about who you are, who you really are, you won't be able to begin the art. I mean, it starts with you first. And it took me years, although I was raised with the art, it took me many, many years into my adult to say, oh my gosh, I don't have the self-clarity that I need. I'm not clear about who I am because sometimes we put out what we think people want and we're not, we don't live our authentic self. I'm clear about who I am. I know I'm strong. I know I'm courageous. I know I go outside of the line. I know those things about me and that's what I attract. But I remember, you know, dating bad boyfriends and I kept thinking, why am I getting all the bad boyfriends? Because I was, you know, I wasn't clear about my own worth and my own value. So I think it really, I just want to kind of, you know, kind of bring that back before we keep going, because unless there's self-clarity, unless you really truly know who you are, you will get back whatever you put out. So it's really important to pay attention to that first and be clear about it, own it. And then you start to set that table and you move those chairs around and you move people, you know, you you need to do that. I mean, there are times we outgrow relationships. There's times that you make room for new relationships, but there's fluidity. There has to be constant movement for new perspective, et cetera. Let's definitely talk about clarity. Let's dive right into that because um, we didn't. We just kind of skimmed over it. But Lanessa, mom, and she's a single mom and has made the decision to be a single mom and raise her son, who's now an adult, in that manner. How did you, number one, become clear on that decision, and how did you realize that you were one hundred percent clear on who you are? Because that takes a strong woman. As you said, your son is in his thirties. So thirty years ago. Society did not embrace women who were deciding to become moms on their own, who were just, they, they always looked at you a certain kind of way. What's wrong with you? Are you divorced? They probably wanted to know the backstory. How does someone 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, decide, hey, you know what, this is best for me and, and wear that badge proudly? I think it came from my mother. I mean, my mother was just so clear about, you know, you don't settle, you know, you, you, you stay on your course, you, you know, your journey. And, and although she would constantly, you know, she never, ever, you know, didn't support decisions that I made. On the other hand, my father, very traditional, and I mean this respectfully, you know, my father was just could not believe that I I didn't want to be married. Like he wanted me to be married. And, you know, it's funny. I was asked, we were, I was talking to a friend, do you know, back then, and I don't know, it's very seldom, only recently that people call me a single mother. I never called myself a single mother. I was just a mom that was raising this incredible gift from God. And I never once thought, oh my gosh, I'm a single mother. So, you know, that comes with all these other things, which me, it came with, I needed help. I wasn't strong. No one wanted me. I'd never thought of myself that way. I thought of myself strong. And I, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I, 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 I share this sometimes that I remember at 22 years old, I lived up in the Detroit area. And I remember holding that baby in my arms and saying, you can go left or you can go right. You decide. And I just knew at that moment, I would 
ensure that he had every gift and that we would have all that we needed to be successful, however we defined it. And, and, and I think it was just my sheer will to raise a good child, but more importantly, to never lose sight of who I was. I never, ever needed a man to define me. It, I never needed money to define me. I already knew who I was. It didn't mean that, you know, my financial well-being wasn't important for my son's well-being, etc. But I didn't define my success by another human being. And I maybe because I lost my mother young, um, it propelled me a little to be stronger. Um, but it doesn't mean that I didn't have friends that, you know, would get divorced and, and get married the next week because they didn't think they couldn't, you know, make it. Some, some women, and I don't judge any woman, you know, for the decisions they make, we all make them based on whatever that is that we need. I just was strong enough and was given enough courage, um, from my mother that I knew that I would be fine. I never doubted. You know, I said to my son, I never doubted we wouldn't be fine. I just knew we would be. Mm -hmm. And, and it was difficult. I mean, if you're, you're right, you think back many, many years ago, you know, you just, you never called yourself out as a single mother. I mean, I remember living in a neighborhood where my son was going to school and it was a pretty affluent area. We had lived in Ohio and I had moved and I always made sure we lived in the best neighborhood with the best schools. We lived in the, you know, the, not the nicest house, but guess what? We were there and I had no issue with mm -hmm. it. Right. And, right. <laughs> and I remember I had to be the only single woman in this whole, they called it a village, right? I was the only mm -hmm. single woman, the only one in this big, you know, area. And no one invited me to parties. No one invited invited me. Mm. No one, I, I was seen differently. And interesting enough, as my son grew into middle school and high school, I would have these great holiday parties, right? And all these people would come, but no one ever invited me. So, you know, I know people liked us, but I think it was just really weird. Couples kind of acted differently. So now I'm happy that society has changed and women are strong and there's women taking initiative on their own to have their, you know, children outside of a marriage, et cetera. I think good for all of us. And I'm happy that I, I hope that I I was a good role model for the women that, you know, I was surrounded at the time that I was raising my son. Okay. So I'm picking up on, I'm always, every time I'm, I'm speaking to you or I speak to you, I'm picking up on nuggets. So one of the ones, I don't even know if you realize the power uh, that you just gave saying you never saw, called yourself a single mother. That wasn't a handicap. You know, I think society tends to put us in these different compartments and they force these labels on us and we adapt to them because that's the social norm. Um, and I think to be fearless and just own whoever you are in whatever space that is and say, you know what? Yes, I'm a mom. And I'm going to be a damn good mom, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what I'm giving, I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to play hard and I'm going to show my child the best life possible. There are no stigmas there. There isn't any can't. And so what somebody else has some help. And a lot of the women who are married, they're still single moms. They don't exactly. have help. Like, yeah. you know, they might get some money, but they don't have help. They're, they're taking on roles that they should not be taking on. It's not a partnership. So for you to do that and do it so well and and create other businesses and still be able to thrive in so many different areas that speaks volumes so um i love that you share that and i, I want to I think that can be something that we can apply in so many different areas of our life. Like, you know, you hear people say, well, I didn't go to college. So what? 
That doesn't mean you can't be successful. No, absolutely not. I know plenty of folks who have degrees who are wishing that they didn't because they're still paying on those loans and don't have a job that can really give them the quality of life that they were sold with that college dream. I I, I mean, I was 20, you know, almost 22 when I had my son and I was in my second year of college and I had to quit and I didn't, I finished another year and and I, I, I just didn't finish and there was no reason other than obviously I was busy and I'm, you know, for whatever reason I did. So I'm not educated from a, from a college perspective, but you know, I will tell you that, you know, to achieve what I've done, it was really not any more than I just never doubted myself. I mean, I ran a multi many, many multi-million dollar companies and, and truly when someone would look at my resume and say, Oh, you don't have a college degree. I can honestly tell you in my entire career only once. And just recently, a couple of years ago, a recruiter said to me, Oh, you have to have a college degree. And you know what I said to that recruiter, then shame on that company. And that's not the company I would choose to sit with. Because absolutely not. You know what? My life experiences, my common sense says, you know what? I can probably do more than most. And I don't, I, I think I encourage every person to go to college for sure. My son, my nieces, my nephews, every, every, every young adult I meet, I say, go to college. Because again, it does give you this incredible opportunity to continue to experience things at different levels. But when it comes to work, we're all equal at that point. It's really understanding the business and then understanding, you know, how you apply what you know to that business. So yeah, it's, it is an interesting, uh, it's interesting. Oh yeah. So let's dive into okay. the book. So the art of keeping good company, um, Let's talk about, I don't want to give away the book, but let's give me some signs that maybe you aren't keeping good company and how to swiftly remove that company and how you would handle it, I guess, just for some tidbits, because I think this is a subject that keeps coming up and it's for a reason. So I definitely want people to hear some different examples of folks who have mastered that area. Well, I think first and foremost, if you're asking yourself, you know, why am I you know, let's just talk about from a relationship perspective. Why is it that this relationship just doesn't feel right? Or I'm not happy. I'm not getting what I need. Probably not the right person. I mean, if, if you're not, if you're giving and you're not getting back, there's a problem. You know, if you're working for a company and you don't feel complete, you know, you know that you're giving more and, you know, they, they're telling you in 10 years, you might get promoted or, you know, they're not outside of the box. It's those women that say, well, why does she have it? And I don't, why is it that some women are incredibly successful and other women aren't? It's because those women that are successful, number one, have clarity in who they are. And I'm generalizing. And most importantly, they know to let go of what they've outgrown and they make room at their table for new people and new perspective. You know, women love to collect stuff. And and it's kind of like my high school friend, my college friends, my son's soccer moms. (laughs) And all of a sudden you've got this table with probably, and it reminds me of Facebook. It drives me crazy. You got a thousand or 2000 friends, right? That mean absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing because at the end of the day, there might be one in the 1000 that might be able to help you or give you some new advice or some new direction. So the difference between why and why not is women and men who are choosing to kind of pay attention to what that is 
um, that's around them are the ones that are and they, and they, you know, they're seeking. It's like, look, if I'm going to give, I, I need something back. And I'm sure we've all had it. There are people that just suck the life out of us. And, you know, <laughs> yes. there are, there are times, I mean, I, I actually made a decision this week and I just said, you know what? I've been friends with her for 30 years and she has never once in a time in which I've needed her stepped up, but I've been there every single time. And I thought, you know what? I, I need to open up that chair. I need some new perspective. I need, this is what I'm now looking to do with my life. So I'm going to make room. And it doesn't mean that someday she may not come back, but you know what? For right now, I'm not letting her take up my space. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a little bit in the book. It really helps you understand as you go through it, that if, if this doesn't feel right, then it's not right. And, and it just because you have tons and tons and tons of women around you, it doesn't mean you're still going to get what you need. Because if you're not sitting with the right people, all that opportunity that's smack dab in front of you, you'll never get it because you don't know who to ask. I mean, they're not going to be, I mean, forgive me if, if, you know, you want to write a book and everybody at your table has never, ever written a book and you're networking and nobody knows anyone, then you don't have the right people. You know, if you want to start a company and no one at the table, you know, they're worried about, you know, something that's not important at that point. It just, it takes up your space. And so you can't ultimately Mm -hmm. get to what you need to get to. Yeah. And so you also talk about that it's okay to have different tables. So I don't want people to hear this to think that that means we're talking about trash everybody who's not on the page that you're on. No. She's talking about there's levels to yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe in life, and this is what I believe, that we all sit, we all have three tables. First of all, we have our family table. We're not going to go there. That would be therapy. So we have a family right. table, right? <laughs> we love our family in yeah. spite of whatever. And our family is, for me, my best cheerleader. They support me. They love me, and it's unconditional. That's my family table. And then mm. you have a work table. Because we all have some work or we're working with people that we call peers or colleagues, etc. And we have a friend's mm-hmm. table. And I am clear when I speak to women, I don't believe that you can mix a colleague, a, a friend's table with your work table. I think they're separate. So when mm-hmm. you go to work and you're saying, oh, these are all my friends. Remember, they're your friends because of work. So, mm-hmm. you know, the conversations are always different and they weigh heavy on slamming everybody and why work sucks and on and on and on and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I believe the most important, so we all have it and you just deal with it. But the most important table is your friend's table. And that's the table that has to have the most movement. That's the table when you decide today, I want to write a book. I want to start a company. I want to do this. I have had been passionate about this for years and I want to explore it. That's the table you go to. You're not going to go to your work table because that would be a conflict of interest most times and no one there's really going to mm-hmm. support you. And your family table, the most of the time, they don't have the information that you need. Some families will, some don't. For me, they didn't, but they were going to always support me. So I went to my friend's table and said, I want to write a book. I want to start a company. I want to quit my job. What do you think? That's where I went. And I went there and I looked around and said, you know, do I have the right people there so I can ask the right questions? Because there's constant movement at that table. And it doesn't mean that, again, to my friend that I've known for 30 years, that she's not 
no longer at my table. She's just not sitting at the front part of my table. She may be in my room, but she's not there because right now I'm seeking insight from women and from friends around my friend's table that says, you know, I'm at this place in my life. What do you think about this? Or what do you, and I want that perspective and I want it to be healthy. So it really Mm -hmm. does come from what I call your friend's table. And that's where you can network and somebody's going to know somebody, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the three tables. And I think, again, the most important is the friends. I mean, it, it just is. And listen, I'd be honest to say, even at my family table, you know, I have a brother, I kind of call him a folding chair. You know, sometimes he's there, sometimes <laughs> he's not. But you know, the good news is I know that about him. And so I'm not disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that yeah. is what it is. But yeah, so what we're really talking about today is very specific to what I call our friends table. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, I've heard people try to equate this in family. You can't change that they're your, that they're no. your family. You know, they're going to be your uncle, your cousin, your sister, your brother, whomever. That's who they're going to be. You accept them who, for who they are. And if you need to love them from one end of the table to the next, that's great. Now, when it comes to friendships, there's no rule that says you have to accept something that doesn't work for you. It's totally okay to even maybe change the room and say, we'll come back to that room, you know, at another time, or we'll come back to that table. Like you said, sit on the outskirt of the room, whatever that may be. Um, Is there a formula that you use? Like, do you reevaluate your tables every so often? How do you do it? Yeah, I really do it based on where I, I mean, you know, obviously in our lives, things change daily, weekly, monthly. So it really is really based on the decisions that I'm making in my life. I mean, right now, I think we shared, you know, a little bit about, I'm just really kind of seeking, you know, what is that next thing? How do I really get to my best self? And I really want to ask, I'm I'm very self-reflective and I want to ask some really hard questions and I want good, honest answers back. Um, I mean, you're at my table, you know, you had, you weren't at my table six months ago, you know, and yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. I'm well, extremely I'm honored, honored as well. And so, you know, I mean, and, and I reached out to you to say, Hey, you want to network, you know, because I wanted to know more about you. I mean, I saw you doing cool things and I love your brunch and sleigh. And I love the message that you're sharing. And I met you through social media. I mean, I, I watched you from yeah. afar and I thought I want her at my table. I want to know more about her. And you know what? I invited you to come and you did, and you invited me. And that's really what it's about. It's like, what is it that you're seeking? What is it that's in front of you that you want and you desire and go ask women are afraid to ask other women to hang out. It's like, just they say, are. I, mean, I called you. I don't have any, I mean, we've never met as of today. And I call you an incredible friend at my table and a, and a, a smart, bright, brilliant woman. And I mean, good oh, for yeah. us. Right. And I think it's, yes, it's important yes. that whatever that is, ask, and there's nothing wrong. If you ask the right people, you will get all that you desire. But again, you got to make sure they're the right people and they're in alignment to who you are and what you want and what you desire. And you'll know that immediately because if you're given and given and you're getting nothing back, then you just, you know what, you push them back and you go on to the next. Amen. And then I also love, and I definitely want to talk about this because I think a lot of times, um, especially the younger, my younger self would get caught up in what it was perceived or what something looked like in my head, what you think the perfect friend circle or business partners or whatever, whatever you can pipe up in your head. But I love now in my thirties, I love surrounding myself definitely with people who know more than me in different areas. I think that's important. And I think that when you have that clarity of what you want and where you're going, you don't miss those opportunities. So you talked about how we met on social media and I meet 
I, I think that's a great platform. I hear people all the time say, oh, that is so unprofessional or don't do this. And I think everyone has their preference. For me, I am encouraged by women who go for it. And if that means you find me on social media and you send me a direct message, then that's where you found me and that's where you went for it. So I'm open to that. I don't shun that because I believe that pivoting is a good thing. And I I think you kind of touched on how in your career, you know, you've been a president of these multi-million dollar companies and you have your own business and you're a speaker and you're an author and you're a mom, but you still are pivoting at this point in your life. And I, I think it's important for women to know we never, until you leave this earth, you should constantly be learning, growing, pivoting, and striving for something else. Conquer one thing and move on to the next. And there's no harm in that. I hear people say, oh, is it too late for me? Or I'm a mom now, I'm married now, I'm over 40. I'm over 50. I'm over 60. So what? You're not dead. Keep pivoting, you know, keep growing. And my, one of my friends and I always say, I'm not dead yet. So that means I can try it. I can keep moving. And you know, that's just my, it's that real to me. If you're not dead, then you should be doing something else. You shouldn't just be settling or thinking that the time is running out. Um, I love that. And I love that you are still growing and creating new things and still making new companies. You know, I I, I mean, that's amazing to me. I mean, if I get a no, I get a no. Who cares? I mean, you get to a place where you say, look, I got nothing to prove to anyone. I'm really just going to live my authentic self. I'm going to give and get, you know, I want to help other women. I want women to help me. I'm not afraid of that. Um, but I, I think it's important that again, it comes down to self clarity, being okay with who you are. I think also being clear about what you, you know, what you want. I mean, I mean, it doesn't mean there's not transition. Look, it took me 35 years to leave corporate America. Right. But I left Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. some say, well, that was a bad decision. Could be for some, but for me, you know what, It, it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's always transitions and, you know, I don't think anything, I think it, it, there's not a lot of things that are real easy. And I think that you want to find people that will help you, um, do the things that you ultimately want to achieve. I mean, I watch my young son who I say is young, but you know, he's in his mid thirties and I watch him and I, I ask him, how did you know how to do what you're doing? And he said, mom, I asked, you know, you taught me to ask. <laughs> and he went to the best banks. He went to the smartest developers and he built this incredible, you know, company and empire for himself and for many others. But he said, I humbled myself and I knew I didn't know. And I went to every single person that would give me whatever insight they would share. He said, men sometimes will, sometimes won't just like women. But I went until I got all I needed and I collected everything. And then I started to, you know what, know better to do better to learn. So I think it's about asking. I mean, we just don't all know. Mm -hmm. And you know what I don't believe? I don't believe you always have to pay for that. I just don't. You know, I, I would never charge somebody if they called me and said, hey, you know, can you tell me how this works? Sure, absolutely. I'd be thrilled to do that for you. And I, I think sometimes we think it comes at a cost and it doesn't have to, because if you give something back, then it's a give and get environment that you're creating and people will give and you can get, you know, it's, it is give and get. And I do believe in that environment. Oh yeah. And I, and I think you definitely said something when you talked about your son about asking, um, a lot of times people are so intimidated and it's because of past experiences, but guess what? I get told no, at least two or three times a day. And some weeks I'm like, that no does not phase me. I'm bulletproof. Uh, it is not my kryptonite. And then the next week it might literally have me, woe is me. What's next? Did I make the right decision? But that's human nature. And that's why you have people at your table who you can call and say, Hey, I need like a five minute pep talk. I need 
a get right speech because they know and they've been there. And maybe two weeks ago you gave them one. So it is about the company. And I think it's trusting to your instincts and trusting what you know. And it's difficult. Look, I mean, you know, I'm a business consultant and I, you know, I look for projects and I, and again, I work in a very specific space, but over the last several months, and I'm being really authentic and real right now, over the last several months, I haven't been able to land a gig. And it's like, what is going on? I mean, am I too old? You know, do, do I not look right? I mean, you know, you just start to get in and go, okay, well, well, wait a minute. And you know, I, I, I just recently, um, didn't get this project that I really, really wanted. And I was so disappointed. And Adam said, mom, that wasn't the right one. Move forward. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's true. It's like all of a sudden, you know, when you get rejected, you're thinking, okay, well, there must be something wrong with me. And for a, a split moment, mm-hmm. I doubted myself and went, no, 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 no. You know, I, I know I'm bright, brilliant, smart, and you know what? They probably needed me more than I needed them, but they don't know that. So I'll go find the company or the project that really can use my value and respect it and pay me my worth. And it is what it Absolutely. is. So I learned, I heard a quote this week. And I have to just share this way. I was thinking about with this uh, conversation, this guy said to me, you know what? It's really none of your business. What anybody thinks about you. And I thought, you know what? I I mean, that is true. It is none of my business. And you know what? Good for me. I'm going to move forward with that. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Keep it to yourself, please. Thank you. I love it. So Lynette, where can people follow you, support you, uh, and and find out about all your great great projects? So I have a website and it's uh, www.lynetterindel.com and it's L-I-N-N-E-T-T-E-R-E-I-N-D-E-L.com. And I, you know, I sell my books there. I do, you know, I, I'm available for speaking and I spend lots of time with small groups of women and large groups of women and some men, but you know, I do spend a lot of time with women. And, um, so you can find me on my website. I, I have a small little candy business, which I just absolutely, it, it's probably the, the hardest thing that I do and I don't make any money on it, but I sure do love it. And it's called Nettie Renee. My family always called me Nettie. Um, but, uh, it's nettyrenee.com. So, uh, you can check out my toffee business, but thank you for allowing me to share that. Oh yeah. And it's so funny. This is like, I don't know if I even told you this when we first initially talked, uh, and you said something about Nettie Renee, I little, that's, I was already listening to you just because I got your energy and I'm pretty good about, you know, just kind of, if it feels right, Right. keep moving with it. But that's my mom's name, Nettie. (laughs) So when I heard that, I thought, okay, that's another, you know, I'm all about pay attention, girl, pay attention. The universe is telling you, you know, go right, go left. Like you said, you sit at that door. Um, I love listening to that. And ever since I've met you, I've been filled up every conversation we have. So I want to thank you publicly for that. And for our tribe and our listeners, Lynette has a special gift for you guys and a special offer. Can you tell them sure, a little bit yeah, about that? My book is, uh, it retails for $16.95. You can get it on my website. But, you know, for several weeks after this podcast, for all of your um, viewers and, and, and all your tribe and your participants and your followers, um, the book will be for $10. And um, it's it's a really, and, and it's really my gift to you, you know, and also to your tribe. But more importantly, I think that if, you know, the holidays, after the holidays, at any time, you know, there's never an opportunity um, not to be taken to give a woman a gift that can change her life. And, 
you know, I give this book not just because I wrote it, but because there's women that I know if they just read a couple of chapters will be enlightened, you know, to, to what Mm -hmm. I see. Um, but it's an incredible gift to give someone, you know, because it really says, look at, this is what I value. I read this book. I I'm somewhat in alignment to whatever these things is that, you know, this author is sharing, but more importantly, you're, you're saying to those people around you, look, I expect a give and get environment. I'm clear who I am. I know my worth and I'd like you to align Mm -hmm. to that. And, um, I just believe it's, it's my nieces in college and, you know, there's several of them and, you know, they're in their twenties and thirties and they're saying, please, you know, Aunt Nettie, please let me buy your books because I want to give it to all of my friends in college. So I know that they see value. So that makes me happy, but, uh, yeah, for all of your tribe and, and, and for all your special people in your life, certainly over the next several weeks, it will be available for $10 and I'm thrilled to do that. Oh yeah. And I, and I mean, you, you are just number one, you are just a great salesperson because that's exactly what I was going to say. This is an excellent book for friends. This is an excellent book for, uh, I would say any age. It's literally a pocket read. You can put it in your pocket and for $10, you can give gifts to your friends and family and a, a beautiful little note. And it's one of those one afternoon reads. I know everybody isn't an avid reader like me, but you guys constantly hear me talk about books because sometimes I think a book you can use your own imagination well not sometimes all the time and you can put yourself in that position and reflect a little bit more and so for reflecting I wouldn't even call this book self-help I call this a check-in this book is great for checking in and come the holidays in January everybody's always making resolutions and looking for new perspective having something like this that you can even talk about on a quick girl chat or a group chat whatsapp uh, whatever. I think it'd be great. I'd love for a lot of you guys to purchase the book and we have a forum, maybe even have a book club or a meetup with Lynette. That would be great. Oh wouldn't gosh, it, Lynette? I'd be thrilled. I would love to do that. I Yeah. Maybe a dinner sure. party or something. And we just kind of talk about, make the ultimate exactly. table. <laughs> you know, I believe it's one of the best host gifts that you, you know, a host can give their guest. And, you know, I, I actually have a friend who invited, you know, some friends over and he invited me and, um, you know, he had the book at the place setting and he said, I've invited all of you because you are the people that I value the most. You are the, you know, the company I keep and you're a reflection of me. And I thought it was just a really cool thing. And yeah, I I, I just think there's, it's, you know, so many times, I mean, we say, Hey, it's a great book and it is a good book, but I think you're right. I think it's a check-in, but I think it's a gift that really can change, truly, truly change someone's life. I know that I've touched lots of women, um, that are been in, you know, difficult relationships or just struggling with life changes and work or whatever that may be. And it just reminds you, you know, that whatever that Mm -hmm. is in front of you, it can be yours if you sit with the right people. And you're not alone. We all go through it. So, yeah. Well, Lynette, it's been my absolute pleasure to have you here on the Brunch and Slate podcast. My my honor. Uh, I hope you guys... (laughs) Oh, yes. And I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from her and be sure to follow. I will definitely put all of her social media handles and her website in the show notes. So don't feel like you have to pause or run it back and feel free to if you're not driving. Uh, But definitely look in the notes. And until next time, it's always my pleasure. And thank you for tuning in to Brunch and Slay. 